This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favourite podcasts. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! You're watching Lester Till I Die TV. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Right, Chris. All right, everybody. All right, the back. How are we feeling? Oh, <laughs> hey, hey. It doesn't get much better. Well, maybe 5-3 was better. Who knows? (laughs) But uh, welcome along. Uh, We're going to be looking back at Leicester City versus uh, Man United. And and we're going to be covering that a lot this week, it seems. But you know what? Who cares? Who cares? I mean, Man United, obviously, realising that we are in um, Halloween month, turning a bit of a horror performance, didn't they? (laughs) <laughs> I tell you what, they are so ashamed that the guy that was going to be coming in to do the opposition show uh, is running scared. 
He's not come in. Um, does that say all about Man United fans or what? I have a feeling it does. I have a feeling it does. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. This is where you can find us. Brad. Hello, mate. As, as good at sex, or in my case, better, because I don't get it these days. <laughs> well, yeah, same goes for me, mate. So it's the only thing I've got to comparison to to my memories remind me of sex. So, yeah, it was just as good, I guess. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Man United fans running scared or what? Well, you know. Maybe they're too busy making their Ollie Out posters on uh, CBeebies. I don't know. Maybe they're too busy concentrating on their club instead of everyone else's with their opinions. I it's mean, uh, just nice, though, mate. It's just nice. It's enjoyable. It, it, do you think that, you know, that he might have thought I was going to take the piss out of him? I don't know what gives him that impression. You're a very nice, honest person. You'd never insult anybody with any banter. You're very polite and everything. And I would not. I don't believe in kicking somebody when they're down. And I, I, I would never play this. See, you're right. You wouldn't. I wouldn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> Man United, where are you? Roy Keane, Gary Neville, David Beckham, Sir Alex Ferguson. Your boys took a hell of a beating. Oh, I love doing that one. I love doing that one. Anybody else from Manchester I've forgotten that's worth mentioning? No, but what, what one of my mates said, oh, what was the Leicester score yesterday? And I said to him, I said, a 4-2, never ask. <laughs> hey, I tell you what. Um... Should we, uh, before we get to talk about it, should we um, ha have a look at the goals? Yeah, that, that's enjoyed them, mate. There's, there's, there's four of them, so that, that's enjoyed There them. is. It is. So bear with me, because it's not going to be sort of a 10-second clip, this, but uh, hopefully I'll get away with it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no.
It's time for the smug face. Oh, you know, I could, I could play that many, 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 many times. I mean, unexpected, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely was, mate. That, let's let's not tell a lie. Me and you were sat here before the game and 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 discussing it on other places. We weren't that confident at all. In fact, we was happy to take the score as it was the second the game kicked off. But I'm very, very glad that it didn't. Yeah. And I'm very, very glad to announce that my heart beat my head when we did the predictions, didn't it, yeah, for both of us. So we're both feeling yes. better. We finally got a less result right. <laughs> we did. Although, I'm going to be honest with you, on the long ball, I cut my odds and I went for a draw. <laughs> Oh, I had, I, 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 I'm doing the complete opposite. You know, Jackal and Hyde, I'm yeah. top of this one and I'm bottom of the other. It's all going wrong on that one, but it's this one that matters really. This one's the real one. I, I've gone back up a place this week on the long ball. JB, hello, how the devil are you? Everybody played well yesterday, even your favourite player, Perez. Got to be honest with you, credit where credit's due. And, you know, Brad said this as well. We, we, we don't get him all the time, but... He set up two goals. <laughs> what, what? Apart from scoring, what more could he do? Well, he can't do much more than that. That's what we've been asking Perez. You know, I've I've never ever seen Perez come on the pitch or start on the pitch, and I've never ever sat there or said on telly, "Oh, I, I hope he has a bad game. I hope he has a bad game." I've got frustrated with him, yeah, because I'm allowed to get frustrated. We're allowed as fans to get frustrated. I hate hates a strong word. I don't get people's logic when I say, oh, you've got to always get behind the lads. Yes, you do. On the day, on the minute, when they come on as a substitute, whether they start or not, you've got to get behind them. Whether you mm. like the manager or the player, whatever your scenario is, if it's not your perfect cup of tea, it doesn't matter. When he's putting on that blue shirt, when he's stood in our dugout, that's what really matters. And when he comes on and does a job like that, like I said, whether it's Brendan getting it right, and you go, well done, Brendan, you got it right. you got to take your hat off and admit it. Yeah, when they have a good game, you've got to praise them just as much as we criticise them when they're not playing up to the standards of the expectation. So, Mr Perez, I'm going to give you an honorary substitution man of the match because you played well. You got to assists by hook or by crook because the first one yeah. was more, you didn't know naff all about it. But you came on, you did a job, you got the intensity, you played a vital part. Thank you for putting in performance that was of the standard that's required to play in this Leicester side. Yeah. Because that's what it was. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying Perez isn't a good enough player for the Premiership, but he's just not been playing football that is good enough for a Leicester side that's got the expectations and, and, and ambitions that they've got. Mm -hmm. That was a cameo performance that did that. So if people want to come in here and say, oh, where are you now? You what, what, what? One thing I also hate as well, and I'm going to probably get a lot of enemies for saying these things that I'm saying here, but another thing that really grinds my goat is you're just as bad as the people that come out here that, that, that will slate a player for no reason, because let's face it, people in the comment section will, will back me up here. Me and you, when we've had rants like this, Chris, about Perez or, or other players, it was under as well the season before, and, and people are coming on, yeah, you're right, they're not doing right. And they're, they're batters. But do you know what the people I think are worse than people that will just slate a player for the sake of slating him? It's them people that as soon as one of them scores a goal, 
could have had the worst 90 minutes of his life, but because he scored one goal, go, where are all the Perez haters now? Mm -hmm. This is You're good. just as bad. You're just a part of the problem. Yeah. With understanding <laughs> the difference between critiquing a player and just being hateful for the sake of hateful. I'm not hateful towards Perez. Yes, I go a bit over the top, but that's just me as a personality. I don't necessarily mean it. Like Chris doesn't necessarily mean his points. He's just a brilliant host. He does his job well. I don't necessarily mean all the things I say about it. I'd never say anything demeaning about him, like, oh, I hope he breaks his leg and never plays for us again. No, but I do yeah. vent my frustrations when he has a terrible game. So don't come you in do. here if you're going to just go, ah, you're a Perez hater, it works. No, I'm not a Perez hater. I'm just, a, I'm just an advocate of the standards of this football club. You are. And, and ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. That's the end of the show. Good night. Yeah, see you later. Well, well, yeah, I didn't even give Chris a chance to put the round video up. No, I didn't. Charlie says Amondi bottled it. Actually, Amondi has apologised, the Man United fan. He is on his way in, which means we'll probably have to play all the videos again. Yeah, well, <laughs> we can't make him miss it. He can't no, miss his no. moment. Very happy with the team performance Saturday, David. Good evening. How the devil are you? No real complaints about anything. We just need to keep that mindset going forward. So do. Terry Fuller. Yeah. Terry, good evening, sir. Hi, guys. Be interested to hear your discussions on the exciting mad madness. Madness sums it up indeed. And JB agrees with bad. Brad, bad? Bad? <laughs> Breaking Brad. Uh, agree with Brad, but booing them and abusing them on social media, I hate. And I'm not saying you do, but a lot of Leicester fans do. Yeah, yeah. and I'm with you, mate. I'm they with you. Do. We are totally against booing in everything, you know. Uh, although JB thinks you're coming off as a hater, but he's not. He's here to give his opinion. Every opinion is important. Uh, we just don't literally, you know, I'm, I'm here to say, you know, by what we basically do as hosts is say, oh, Perez is, is bad today because it will get a reaction. And there's no point doing these shows if we don't get a reaction. And it's very often me and yeah. Brad disagree. But um, anyway, let us, he's, he's not on his own. He's brought he's brought uh, protection with him. <laughs> you, you you know you you've you've missed all the videos, Amandi, but do not worry. Uh, we will we will play them again. Don't, don't and and you know me. I I don't like I don't like to gloat. Oh no, I don't, I don't like to gloat at all. Oh, brilliant. How the are thing you? With that is the fact that Mays is a Man United fan, and I've put it on the Man United video. But apparently, how you doing, Brad? I'm all right, mate. Well, I'm better yeah, than you yeah. probably after the result of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been it's, it's been a hard few couple of nights, you know. But um, fair play, fair play. I'm here to represent Manchester United. What I've got to ask is. I didn't think you were as bad as some of the Man United fans were saying, but then I don't watch yeah. you week in, week out. And I thought, to be honest with you, for most of the first half, it was quite an even game. But, you know, was it the fact, as according to Match of the Day 2, according to most of the reports online, Leicester weren't any good, you were just awful. And I think that's pretty unfair on Leicester. Oh, fair play. Yeah. Leicester, a wonderful side. I've been on your show before, Chris. Yeah. Endorsing yeah, yeah. Leicester, uh, the way you're set up, 
the way you uh, purchase players, the scouting system, the style of play. I mean, what I just have to take a bow, Brendan Rogers. I mean, how can go from a four uh, at the back to a three at the back and it transition so smoothly? And all the players are on point. They know exactly what they need to do and how to perform. And each there's no no um, adapting. They they know exactly what they're doing. That's a sign of a great manager. Unfortunately for Manchester United now, we've got a manager at the moment who um, we've been saying for a long time now, we haven't got a style of play. So I having great players, but it's not we're not playing trump cards here. And um, that was sort of evident against Leicester, the first top big team we've played against this season. You've really given us a lesson in um, coaching um, and, and tactical uh, tactical play, how to do it. Whenever we try to change formation, we can't. we haven't even mastered our own formation yet. We don't really have that good a philosophy of play to break teams down. We're kind of forcing goals. So when I, I did watch the game, I mm. thought it was an uh, even game, to be fair. Um, I, the only positive I could say is that some of the goals were down to errors on, on our part. Um, but I don't think that's, I, I don't want to sort of discredit Leicester in any way. You guys are on it. You pressed really well. There's a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. Um, and yeah, you, you thoroughly deserve the, the result. Do you want your 80 million back? Oh, God. You know what? I was just saying. You can't have it. You can't Chris, have it. Chris, I was just saying to somebody that um, I, I, I really do think, like Jamie Vardy, I think on the eye test, you don't, there's certain um, attributes you don't see. And he's, I'm a defender, I'm a centre back. And I think he would annoy you. He would say there's something that would trigger you. It could be brutally brutal, but no one's going to pick it up. I think they targeted Harry Maguire. Consider he's coming back from injury, but usually he's so consistent he can play like consistently game after game after game, no problem. I think it was a two factors here. A little bit of the injury, but the major factor was he was targeted. Two fast pressers, put him under pressure, know his game. Even when um, there was one set piece you scored from, Vardy gave him a little shove. You know, because usually Maguire heads them well clear. They know him. They read him like a book. They know exactly what he's like. And who gave him the name Stabhead? You know? <laughs> well, this is the question. I mean, we do know him, don't we, Brad? And, and I don't know about you, but as I was putting the teams up, and we'll look at the teams in the second, um, I was surprised that he was in. And I think that's been a, a lot of complaints of the Man United fans. But to be honest with you, I looked at that, Brad, and thought, well, all right. You know, he's probably better. Well, people seem to think he was better than uh, the, the, the other options. But for mm. me, it was a thing, well, he's, he's come back early and maybe he was brought back too early. Well, see, the, the, this is probably um, where a lot of Man United fans have grievances with um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Because as we've seen, with Brendan Rodgers' selection, when we've heard that Evans has been training for maybe a day or two... I had to put that back up expected, Monday, sorry. <laughs> we've, we, we've expected to see these players. When we're here in the back or we, we've heard whispers or we've seen the Leicester City FC training video and we've noticed them back in training and we're thinking, oh, good, maybe we'll see them in the game, blah, 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 blah. And then either they don't get, they don't start or they don't get on and, and, or they're not named in the squad. And we're going, well, what was the point? What, what, what was the point in talking about them if you're not even going to put them in? But the right manager cares for his player. A manager that doesn't really know his players I think that's the way to put it. In an, I can't really, for lack of a better word or expression to put it, I think Ollie was just like 
I need Maguire. Not not to disrespect Bailly as a defender. I don't think it was a case of trust. I just think he, he felt so much urgency and so much um, commitment to Maguire having to play. You need to, you know, like his mentality was, he went back to being a player. He thought, if I was a player, I want my captain on the pitch. I want him barking my orders. This is a big game. We need to be G'd up for it because we haven't got a great record against these. We need to beat them. I need my cap. I want my captain out there. So I'm going to put my captain out there. Um, and I think a smarter manager, and I mean that in the greatest respects, again, for, probably more for a lack of better word for myself. I think a, a more experienced, there you go, manager would have gone as much as we need Maguire. Bailly's got more than enough about him to do a job for us in this game and do what's required. You saw it in our first goal, didn't you, uh, yeah. Monday? You saw it in our first goal. He was leggy. He didn't want to go to that ball. And when he realised he had to go to that ball, it was too late. I know the goal was in a different planet, just like Greenwood's was. Both, you know, credit to both opening goals for both teams. But the fact that you kind of... If you'd have had a camera that looked at... Um, Maguire's face when he realised he had to then step towards that ball, you could almost imagine him just being like this. Oh, for fuck. You know, as if to say, you know I'm not 100%. Why are you playing that ball short? And then Nacho went, hey, see the bit of very much. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, we've been, Maguire's taken a lot of a lot of shit among you, but yeah. in fairness, he was played into, into trouble with that. Uh, I mean, no. I've said on... Sorry. No, no, I'm saying not really. I don't agree with that. I think um, he had opportunity to just crash it. If that's the case, if it's, if it's a hospital pass, crash it, get out of there. But what he tried to do was totally wrong. And not just that, when um, he, um, he stole the ball off him, he was the wrong side. He couldn't get back on, on it. You know what I'm saying? It's totally wrong, totally wrong. And there's a lot of, um, I'm not here to say, look, he got asked the physio, the, the guy, he got asked Harry Maguire himself, are you ready to go? And he's probably going to say yes, but then, you, yeah, you've got to have a balanced view here. I think Oli, um, he needs to be, be more decisive with decision-making. And um, I know it was a bit, I was, would have been a bit disheartened to see Bailey and Lindroff, and I was happy when I saw Maguire. So I'm sure most fans were. But in hindsight, it's always easier to say, oh, God, look what happened. But I just think fair play to the high pressing, and Vardy, I think, was in his ear and really put him off and gave him the butterflies, you know, halfway through the game while he's out there. I mean, you, you, that was the performance that we'd been waiting for all season. <laughs> it finally, it finally came. Yeah, we, that was the best we have played all season, just in mm. time for uh, Moscow on Wednesday. Yeah. Question I asked: I was on on Rich's channel, Man United uh, channel, last night, and, and I asked the great, question, great show, great show. It is, it is a great show, and um, I did question whether I don't mean this horribly, but is Ollie's time up. I mean, he's got the best squad that Man United have had in ages. Um, he, he, he's had the backing, hate or whatever with the Glazers. They, they've backed him with the money. They've backed him with the players. He's got to do better this season, hasn't he? And maybe it's just a step too far for him. And he's done well with taking you where he has. And, you know, you can get a lot of the younger Man United fans that are like, oh, we should be winning because we're Man United, you know, because they forget the time before Alex Ferguson. Um, is, 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 that, is that being fair to him? I think um, my stance has always been the same. I've, I like to just want to, I would always say where we need to improve. And I think even that goes down to the manager as well. 
for a long time now. We struggled last season. I thought we were title contenders. We should have been title contenders, but we couldn't break teams down because there's no philosophy of play. If you look at Brendan Rodgers, like I just explained about, he can go from a three to a four and the players are well drilled into it. They can uh, easily just adapt. We don't have that. We're struggling with one formation. Um, he's he's not got a strong enough character to deal with Manchester United players and this sort of big stage club. It's clear that's that's my observation anyway, and I can evidence that on a few points. I could chat all day about it, but just for example, I can evidence on um, you've got to have the respect to the players, and I don't think he has the respect to the players. I think the players are running the show. The whole deal was he came in when Mourinho was there, who did demand respect and did was was a big character, and they some of the players didn't like it. So as soon as Oli comes along, he's there to cut their toenails, pat their back, and say it's going to be okay, boys. And we went on a good run. We had a good freed up a little bit, but now. Yeah. We're at the stage where we start. He's got his side. He's got his players in. Um, you couldn't ask for much more than, than that, could you? It's just about now. But you can't bring players into a system which is not oiled and not not well drilled. You know, there's no philosophy of play in our side. We don't have patterns to play how we score our goals, as I was saying earlier. So that's one thing. His character as well. I think he doesn't have the character or the balls, Kahuna's, to really say to, to, to key players. No, 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 I'm not having it. You, you're dropped or whatever. There's a big, um, during the week, I don't even heard in the news, there was a leak or something um, came out in the press that um, some of the senior players, elite players at the club, were saying that the training was novice. So indirectly, I feel they're saying, well, who's responsible for the training? It's Oli. It always comes back down to Oli, for example. So they, they, it's kind of seeping through now that people maybe are not un, are really unhappy with the style of play. I think when Ronaldo took her turns up the club with the high demands that he has, I think he's had a look around. It's taken a few weeks now and he expects better. We've had poor performances. We've lost games where we should be winning based on uh, weight of club to club and player for player. Uh, it's just about the management. It always comes down to the management. So if I'm, I'm not saying he should go, but I'm saying he sh- he needs to really now urgently improve because he's really under a lot of pressure now um, to perform. This next six, seven week, well, next six, seven games, it's going to be crucial. And I said before this game, I thought I said to everyone, this is the biggest game of the season so far. Playing Leicester, they've been not doing well in Europa League. There's this, you know, starting to kick start. No Barnes, Madison's just coming back. It was all there for the beating. I said in the pre-match, our, def- our your defence with uh, Evans coming back in would would struggle against our our strikers because of the way you've been playing. You haven't been consistent yet. You haven't really got into your groove. But wow, didn't you play? And sorry, just to add to this about management as well. Uh, in the post-match um, interviews. Brendan Rodgers, very clever man, a very beautiful human being as well. I must say. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he said he's a very clever man. Him. Yeah, he said. He said some really clear things. He said, "I." He said something like along the lines, "I have to adapt my team to who we're playing." So that shows he's tactical. He's got his tactical now, all in one little sentence. Mm-hmm. And he also said something along the lines of, um, uh, "Like, what did he say? Something like he, he spoke." What he well, basically what what's shouted out to me is that he spoke about what is tactical. Ideas, what his idea of the club is, mm. what the idea of the club is not just about running and all this kind of thing, it's about we press high, we do A, B, and C, we look for opportunities, and we adapt depending on which team we play. And that was a big dig towards Manchester United. And Ollie comes along, scratching his head, and just talking about winning headers or whatever. There's no, you know, it's, you can clearly see I'm not a body language expert, 
But you can see if you're confident in what you're talking about, like we are as podcasters, we get confident. We're used to it now. We we not haven't got any butterflies coming on the show. Yeah. We know what we're talking about. We can speak confidently about it. But Ollie is scratching his head. He's all over the place. It shows to me you got to have that conviction. You've got to display that as part of management. Display that to the audience to say, I know what I'm doing. Don't worry, lads. And, and at least to speak tactically about what your ideas and thing. And the players would get on board as well. If we had an ID, the players would get on board with that as well. But we're seeing, um, we're going to see over the next few weeks what happens with these big games coming up. Last, well, Leicester was a huge game. And um, the, the, the board will have to make some changes because the players, not saying calling a mutiny, but it's the players are starting to speak. And that's when it all goes wrong because the manager will always get the chop. So Brendan Rodgers, again, I just want to endorse Brendan Rodgers and Leicester City. I'm a football fan first. Well done. I mean, pound for pound, you're up there, man. I'll, I'll send my credit card in the post to you, Mondo. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you as well, Brad. <laughs> Brad's got a question for you. Yes, Mondo. Um, just listening, because I did that. What I try and do is I always try and find opposition fans' views um, to get a perspective of how they saw the game. And the yeah. one general consensus, if you will, that I found between not just ex-players or, or, or neutral pundits or, or just Man United fans, even even in the most ridiculous and funniest of runs, seem to make the same points that Manchester United, and like you said, on paper, should be challenging for the title. If you used to hand me a team and say, you know, is this team good enough in your eyes, Brad, to win the Premiership? I'd go, well, of course it is. And that's not just for the big, obvious Portuguese man up front. It's for the, com- the complete quality throughout that start in the loving, you know, in, in, in terms of even in your weakest area, you gain so much strength elsewhere that you can kind of make up for it to, um, to a degree. But, yeah. what, it, you know, when you talk about difference, because one thing I said is, is a lot of people were saying that it's a squad made of high-end individuals. And you brought up Mourinho, and that's what kind of made me call this question. Um, another thing that's come into the question is a lot of people think that maybe, you know, be careful what you wish for, because now a lot of fans are, and I don't know how foolish it might sound, but they're kind of saying that maybe trying to have to accommodate Ronaldo into you, into your squad in some games is, is going to hinder Manchester United at times more than help. Um, so my question basically is to you, Monday, uh, is, um, is I remember when you had Satellan Ibrahimovic um he was a very, he's a very good player. Up there, a lot of people would say a world-class player, you know, in that talent. But he was managed by Mourinho. And that squad managed to win silverware under Mourinho. You weren't challenging for the title. I think we'll get to a really question in a minute, Brad. <laughs> I know, I, I, I get my stars. Just like you're thinking of what the question well, is. I'll have to leave again by the time you get to the question. Yeah. I could have. Good, how are you? We've gone from typical Man United fans, you're waiting around ages for them, then two turn up at once. <laughs> we've all come so, in uh, a corner. I think and two double deckers as well, six foot five, six foot seven. Don't mess with us. <laughs> <laughs> my question my question is, being as I'm start getting game, start there, I didn't catch the bread. Start from the beginning. No joke, Jake. <laughs> oh, I will, just to piss you off. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hang on, I can do this. I can do this. There we go. Go on, Brad. Thank you. Right, anyway, as I was getting there, 
Um, basically, my question was to you is, would you then say that the question is that Ollie needs to change his mentality in how he goes about managing these players? Because, you know, it's all well and good saying, oh, well, maybe he's not the right fit because he's not an experienced manager. But maybe is it, would you say it's that or would you say it's his way of managing these players? Do you reckon maybe he's trying to be too friendly with these players and they're not really respecting what he's saying? Or would you say, no, out and out, his lack of experience? Because obviously Mourinho had the experience to handle them egos and that talent. It just doesn't seem like Ollie's got it clicking. Well, that's good observation. And I think that's all we can do. We can we can only speculate about what we see. So I've given you examples about what I, I, uh, examples from interviews. I gave talk about the interview the other day with Brendan Rodgers and Ollie. I talk about uh, previous interviews as well. I talk about things that I can see and that I can observe. Otherwise, I'm just speculating about what goes on behind the scenes. I talked about the, the report that came out the other day about players criticising the the, the, um, the training, saying the training is kind of novice, like, you know, that kind of thing. And that's a real diss. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's only come up since top players, we've got more world-class players now than last season. So Ronaldo's, the, the Gayers, the Varans, they've probably seen a better level of training. They're probably thinking, what what's this? What's going on here? So if it's leaked like that, I think it's it's, it's going to um, come down to Oli. Oli's responsible for the training. Oli's got to say to his his coaches, "Look, this is the style I want to imp- implement on on the team. Can you ensure that it, it filters down? If not, I'm going to come down to the training ground, confident in, that I, in my system, and be able to employ it on each of the players and all the drill it into the players. They know exactly what we want to demand. For example, we've seen that with the um, Man City with Pep." We've seen behind the scenes, there was a the series on Amazon Prime about all or nothing and how detailed he was in drilling and, and art about his philosophy. He could write a book. I've got Louis van Gaal's book up here about his philosophy. He can go into detail. Croft, Croft sorry, could speak about his philosophy, his style it's of play. four pages, that is it. Uh, not quite, not quite. Uh, four pages more than Brendan Rodgers. Um, so it's hey. really big. It's a really big uh, um, issue here. You've got to have a style of play to say, this is how I play my football. And this is when you go for the interview at Manchester United, you should say, well, this is what I'm going to bring to you guys. This is what I'm going to, this is my style of play. This is what I'm going to employ and everything else. I don't see that with Oli based on evidence, eye test, interviews, hearing, reported leaks, all this kind of thing. And the feedback you get from fans and players who go to the games. I watch every game and like that. And I'm sure if we spoke to Connor as well, I'm going to lead you on to Connor now to answer half the second half of the question. I'm sure Connor can give you other observations, what he's had to suggest that maybe he's not, um, maybe not the right man for the job or the job's maybe a bit too much for him. Go on, Connor. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean... We have to look at it from the standpoint of he does have managerial experience. We cannot say that he's had nothing. As that stands, though, it is a failed time at Cardiff. And then Molde, I will say, as much as people want to say the Norwegian League is not impressive at all because it's you know it's so far from the top five, Molde was a team. He basically took a Leicester to the title in, Nor- in Norway. It was a team that had been – it's a league that gets dominated by one team and one team only – for forever, he comes to Molde, who's never won. It's not been won by anybody else, by but one club for the last twenty something years, and he goes and wins with Molde and wins the league. So, as much as we like to say the Norwegian league is not a big deal, that's still a pretty impressive feat. You know, mm-hmm. you go to Portugal and you take a team that's not you know FC Porto or Benfica, and you take them to the title. That's impressive. Aberdeen with Sir Alex, a league that's always been dominated by Rangers and Celtic. 
takes them to the title. None of these are top five leagues, but it's still impressive when you're able to break the status quo yeah. of a league and take right. a team that's never been there to the top. That being said, it is still Norway. And when we come and watch him come over from Norway to United, I liked the I liked the hiring. I think bring him in from Jose was a smart move. Jose was someone, while yes, he was able to manage the egos, he was hated by the time he left. And that is something you cannot have. You can have dissent in a locker room. Fine. You can have people that may not be 100%, I love the manager, let me go sniff his bum. But you have to, you have to at least have the respect. You cannot have players outright not liking you and not wanting you. We saw it with Luke Shaw. We saw it even with Pogba towards the end. We saw it with many players across the team. And Amanda, you can agree. They didn't just not like him. They didn't respect him. And once you completely lose a, a locker room, your time is up. And I, I think, mean, I think when, they, when they brought Ollie in, you know, he was it was it was needed because I think the the you know Mourinho and to be fair to him, and I've got great respect for Sir Alex Ferguson, but I think their style of management these days is 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 pretty much outdated. You know, the old hair hair dryer treatment and the shouting. Yeah. You know, that's a different world. Which now. we it's still we still see. Oh, we we've had we've had inside inside reports that that hair dryer treatment has not gone out of style with even Ole. Right, Ole right. has picked up the hair dryer treatment from Sir Alex Ferguson, and apparently we've seen it with Bai, we've seen it with Lindelof, we've seen it with Fred, we've seen it with Martial. They've got hair dryer treatments from Ole in the locker room, fate like in their face, confirmed that, by other players. Because he doesn't come across like that. He's and very he much, and we've seen this. If you look at videos of Ole and Molde, and now here with United, behind the scenes, he screams at players. He will attack people in training. At Molde, he literally was like, how are you guys so shit that you can't put a shot on target in training? Because they had been going through scrimmages and playing terribly, and he got in their faces and screamed at them, how can you be this bad? Put something on target. It's not that hard. My 11-year-old back home could put a shot on target. Let's go. So... I yeah, think he's, he's the perfect he's manager. His his personality is perfect for being a manager because face to face in interviews, Amanda, and you'll agree, never will go and attack a player, especially like Mourinho did with Luke Shaw. Will never to the media attack anybody. The best believe behind the scenes, he'll be on people. Do that. I mean, you know, we, we had that with with Brendan and uh, James Madison last season when yeah. he was sort of breaking COVID. Brendan dealt with it, but it was was behind the scenes. But hush, you don't talk about it face to face with the media. You talk about it with the player behind closed doors. We yeah. saw it with Mourinho at Spurs with the Deli Alley situation. The only reason we really know about the Deli Alley and Serge Aurier situation is because of you know Prime. the Amazon Prime. Without that, never is touched in the media, and that's the kind of manager you need. See the uh, highlight goals again, uh, Brad. I don't think so. <laughs> these two gentlemen missed it, and I, and I think it, it was such a shame.
time for the smug face. <laughs> uh, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was good enough, but the end it just killed it. Just by the way, four major defensive mistakes there for each of the goals. Like I said, I'm not discounting what he did in the game. He pressed, you worked hard, probably deserve it overall. But I'm watching which witnessing four major errors by the defenders, whether it's Wambasaka diving in again, going to ground and leaving us exposed, whether it's Harry Maguire um, doodling on the ball, whether it's our defence not clear, clearing the win, winning the first headers or clearing it from set pieces. Those are four major um, errors from us. Yeah. I mean, just quickly looking at those goals, Brad, I mean, Tillerman's amazing. And, and in fairness, Greenwood's was as well. Greenwood's was a scream. Thank you. Anywhere credit's due. It was a, a, an amazing goal. And um, Rashford's, well, that was just a straight up and under, wasn't it? But it was a mistake by the defender should have cleared that, if I, in my eyes. Slane's shoot should have been cleared. He left, yeah. you, you lestered Leicester with that one. That, that could have been <laughs> like Jamie Vardy on that. Yeah. But Brad, looking at those goals, Tillerman's was, was, was special. So Yunchu was ping pong in their defence, and it kind of you know hit about three you know players, including a couple of Man United ones, before it ended up at his feet. And that'd been awful. I could have scored that, and I'm rubbish. Uh, Vardy's goal. There were six Man United defenders, three Leicester players, nobody on him at all. And you know, even uh, Daka at the end. You know, I mean, there was eight. I think I counted Man United <laughs> defenders, and it went through them all. Not yeah. taking anything away, because I think it was an amazing performance that we gave. But Man United, Brad, <laughs> contributed to their own downfall. They did. And and especially the third goal for Leicester. And that's one that's a talking point. Not just because it was scored quicker than I last in bed sometimes. But we'll talk less about that. <laughs> <laughs> I managed but, twice in that time. <laughs> I but the fact is, it's it just showed that maybe the, the the big dent in Manchester United singing is there's no communication between the players on the pitch. Now, either that's they've all been given the same instruction and they didn't know who it was, but this is where the blame also gets the share on the players that are on the pitch at the time because. You, you like you said, Chris. It was three on six, and all six Manchester United players seemed to get sucked in towards Iosi Perez. And yeah, look, it's a great hit. It has to be a great hit because De Gea has been a class goalkeeper. Even in these dodgy spells, he's still a class goalkeeper, and he didn't have much time to think about it. And it's a great finish. But it was it was made probably easier for him to get his eye in and know where he wants it to go. He can guide it there off his right foot because of the fact that Iosi Perez, who wasn't in the most dangerous of possessions, he could have had Harry Maguire stood in front of him, shield him in front of goal, and he's got a he probably sends that back out wide, and we put the ball into the box and try and get ahead of him. The fact is, the two men that were marking or standing and closing out the gaps for. Manchester United stopped Vardy getting the ball, saw saw their teammates and kind of went, I don't trust them to do it. They're not going to do it. So I'll go over and help. And and, and then... And the whole team over Yeah. And dragged them out. And then I was opposed well, well, thanks very much. You've made that a lot easier for me. And then obviously take nothing away from the finish. The hail yeah. was nowhere near it. it. It was a good finish. But he should never have that freedom. I mean, if them two players are right next to Vardy and he wiggles three and scores it, you go, hands up. 
you know, like great, like for Greenwood's goal, I don't really have you, too many qualms about it. But, as simple as this, yeah. it's like with the zonal marking. We had an issue with that last season on, on defending set pieces. Do you mark the space or do you mark the man? There's only one man in the box. Uh, Vardy, as good as he is in the box, ghosting people and getting that, that little space, he peeled off a little bit. And no one went with him. It's just it's maybe communication, like you say, that someone should say, "All right, you pick up Vardy, and uh, we cover everything." Also, as well, Wamasaka was completely missing because he fouled a man on the touchline and he was out of position. It was McTominay had to come in and he squared him up, tried to jockey him, but he gave him enough opportunity to, to for other players to get back and and to cover deal with the matter. So yeah, it's it, it, his job. He stopped it from. See, for me, this is my frustration with United fans, as not as a whole, but just the special and the brain ones that don't know what the hell they're talking about, is the, if we win, individual brilliance all the way, always going to be individual brilliance. But when we lose, always, always fault. We can't look at six players being in the box for one goal, eight players being in the box for one goal. Ole, direct quote from the game, Ole screaming, wake up, Harry. Direct quote. At the place that shouldn't be needed, you shouldn't be needing to scream at your players to wake up in the 60th minute. Mm. We are 60 minutes into a match, you should not be needing to tell someone to wake I'm, up. I'm you should not have six players in the box and have no one marking one man. Yeah. Now, if it I'm was scared. six on six, different story, but six on one is ridiculous. And going after Ole, tactically, maybe not okay playing Tellez last match and not playing him after scoring against Villarreal and playing an unfit shot and now playing an unfit Maguire over bite. Tactically, those are things fine. Go after Ole for those because tactically, stupid choices. But as a whole, player performance has to be questioned at some point when we're having performances like this. Yeah. And the scariest thing about that goal was, like you said, there was literally only one man to mark in the box. It wasn't like Leicester had Tillemans, um, Dakar and Vardy all waiting in the middle for a ball to get it across the goal so they could hopefully toe-poke it in. Yeah. It was literally Vardy. It's not a corner. It was 12 seconds after 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 we kicked off, for fuck's sake. There was only ever going to be one of our players in that box. And somehow, yeah. the Manchester United midfield and defence, and I, I agree with you, Connor, that is completely, that goal is 100% liable on the players. That's no blame shell to Ollie. Ollie can, do whatever, Ollie can do everything he can tactically or in training to say, please know what the hell you're doing. But if they're not going to just... One of them. McTominay's the best defender on that play because he's recovered for Wanda Saka, who's foolishly gone in on something stupid yeah. and has been able to stop, press, jockey him. And if you're able to jockey a player on the touchline with someone of the mobility of McTominay, which is one of the reasons I think McTominay in some situations can be better than Matic or Fred because he has such good mobility and he's so big, he can take those long strides to cover off and cut yeah. off a ball if he needs to. But if you've got five other players that – Steve Vardy, a record goal scorer, a top class striker, and a guy who's been consistently good for forever. And you go, yeah, just let him go off and do what he wants. And they're sitting there with their knob in their hands, deciding that was a more interesting thing. I'm just going to check something score. here because I'm a little bit just concerned. I just wanted to check my pocket, just see if uh, Cristiano and he's gone. He's there. He's got. He's gone home now. But the players look like they're too busy staring at their knob thinking about going home to the girlfriend or the missus after the freaking game, and they are concerned about the top-class striker who's sitting alone in the box. Do, do yeah, I do agree. Do you... I do agree with Brad. Brad's made valid points. Connor made valid points. 
it's not always down to the manager, but the manager is the one who always ultimately gets the chop. But th- th- we've seen a couple of times from Man United this season, lack of communication, just organising. When we've been hit on a break a couple of times, just pick up who, what to do, who picks up who, that kind of thing should be sorted. And like you said, with that third goal for um, Manchester United, for, sorry, for Leicester, that should have been uh, bread and butter, just eat that up and just wait for numbers to get back. And it should be uh, a wrap and move on. But um, obviously not. So, yeah, they're, they're, we need to be, like, we're going to highlight the good and the bad. We Like, the good thing about Connor, myself, if you go, we're not these going to say, oh, I hate this or I hate that or I or that kind of thing. We're just going to be honest about it and say, how can we improve? And as Connor's just articulately put about the, that, that move, what the issue was and who has to take some responsibility for it. As simple as yeah. that. Yeah, there's a I difference mean, the between... The thing that's been coming across to me, and, and I'll put this to, to, to either whoever wants to go on this, that you've got Ollie as the manager, but his actual coaching staff aren't up to it. That you've got coaches in there that haven't even got the coaching badges. Now I don't know. I'm not. You know, I'm not a Man United. They do have. They do have the coaching McKenna badge. And Car- yeah, McKenna and Carrick both have. Them. McKenna actually managed Hull, which was a question on a quiz I saw not long ago. I think on Monday that was actually you as well on the the Man United agenda. That the question was where did McKenna last manage a club, which was Hull. So they have their badges. Uh, uh, Mike feeling, sorry, feeling, yeah, feeling, not McKenna, but but it's for me. It comes down to, and I like what David said the last comment about how I changed midfield structure. I think the midfield is honestly our biggest problem. If you don't have a solid midfield, it compromises the defense unless that defense is world class. And when that defense slips, like we saw with Juan Basaka, and the midfield sometimes isn't up to scratch to support and recover for them, that's where we see things missing. I think the 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 coaching staff as a whole. We've done a very good job by bringing in Eric Ramsey. Ramsey being brought in as a set peach coach, used to be the under-23 Chelsea coach, managed yeah. the top high school – I don't know what the heck you guys call high school in in the UK, but managed the top soccer – or football, sorry, again, American. <laughs> the top football yeah, – the, the, top, the top high school football team in all of Britain was his last job before us. So we brought in a top class, a very, very solid coach. Do I think we've got good coaches across the board? I don't really think so. I think Phelan's all right. I think Carrick, Carrick is one manager besides Ramsey where I'm like, this is the guy we need because Carrick, I don't think he's a manager type where he's going to go and manage the entire club. But having him as a coach to manage that midfield, when we finally get all competent midfielders in that in that you know section of our, our team, we're going to cook because Carrick's going to be able to go, this is exactly what I did as a, as a player. Look up, get your head up, and do Pogba balls. Look at the amount of black... This was a big thing, I think, with uh, Mourinho. There's a clip of Mourinho when they played Spurs played United, right? Mourinho on, and it's on the Amazon, you know, show. He goes at halftime and he goes, "Here's what we need to do. If Pogba gets the ball here, close down immediately because he's going to look over the top to Rashford. He's going to make the run on the left hand side." They didn't do that. They didn't look for it. Pogba made the exact pass over the top to Rashford on the left hand side from the right hand side at pretty much halfway. So. And I see those kind of tactical know-how from people like Carrick, from people like Ole at some points. But do I think I see it across the whole entire coaching staff? I don't know. I think there's many different flaws to this team that has caused us to sink. Not just the manager, not just the board, not just the players, but it's a scary for United fans to watch. It's a scary combination of the three that's looked at this decline. And for me... I, I'm not only out. I'm never going to be, you know, fire the manager, the manager's a piece of crap, get him out. I'm always going to support the club 
as a whole. I'm never going to call for a loss. I want us. I want this team to win every game. You, you say you say it's horrific, and I'll come to you for this one on Monday. But I mean, you're still sat in fifth place. You're only five points behind Chelsea, exactly, and you got to play them. And this is what makes us. And and I don't, you know, we're not a big team, Leicester. We we've struggled this season. Maybe it's a bit of a reality check season for ourselves. But you know, if we were sat in fifth, five points behind top spot, we would be happy. And I know it's expectations and everything you've yep. done over the years, but. You know, Liverpool would before Man United had Sir Alex Ferguson. Liverpool had Shankly, Paisley, Evans. You know, they they had their glory years. Liverpool have had to wait a long time to win something again. Do you see it being even longer for Man United? Um, at the moment, I say yeah. I mean, we've even got that. If you mention Newcastle, for example, that's another club. I mean, the Premiership, we have to take a bow of Premiership because it is completely the top league in world football before. Before, it's questionable. Now, there's no doubt about it. They are way, way above any other league out there. So, to win this league means so much more than maybe a few years ago. Um, the thing about Liverpool, comparing Liverpool, I think when Klopp came into Liverpool, you could see from day one that he had a style of play. Even at Dortmund, you could see he it's had a, a style of play. Yeah, start a play and a vision of how to how to play his football, and all everyone was on board. The players were happy. So, being a manager, you have to um, cover a lot of issues. Um, you have to be able to keep the players sweet on your side as well. And he seems to do that. After Firmino scored the other day, he gave a lovely interview about Firmino, and he's going to watch that and think, "Oh my god, I love playing for this guy." I watched that and think, oh, "I'll play for that guy. I'll be motivated." You know. So, I think if how long it's going to take us to win something big? I think we're on the cusp of it. It's just about getting the right elements in, as uh, Connor was saying earlier, whether it's the coaching staff, tweaking that. And just to say, just to refer back to the coaching staff issue, I do think that um, when you're coaching, you have to be able to put on good sessions. Players have to come in every day and be motivated to say, oh, I can't wait for this session, or, or come out laughing, come out enjoying it, come out having fun. That um, Bringing the people together, you're supposed to be a one big happy family. And the coaches are uh, really uh, essential for that because someone like Steve McLaren, for example, he wasn't a great manager, so to so, see, but he could put on yeah. great sessions and drills and everyone, everyone, even players would talk about it. You could replay his books, players always endorsing what a good coach Steve McLaren was. So there's a difference between coaching and managing, but the manager, the manager oversees everything. So if he's seeing that, the, the, as we've seen recently, with the spilling out about the players, elite players saying they're not happy with the coaching, that's something that we need to amend. Because when you look at Kieran McKenna, he's quite young. And if I'm, uh, it's like, I'm looking at him and saying, well, you're not much older than me. Why should I respect you? You were doing under 18s at Spurs. Why should I respect you? You Are you gulping are you, when you're seeing Ronaldo? Are you nervous? Because you, you can't show your true personality. You're not coaching kids and you can be the big personality anymore. There's a lot of factors and psychological things that go into that as well when you're coaching. I know as a coach myself, I've coached again, coached, Top players, I'm thinking to myself, man, how am I going to impress them? You know, because that goes into your mind. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of issues and factors why they've been called novice coaches. But I think Man United are not far off um, winning something big. I think we've got the players. Like you said, as you look at our squad, we've got a good squad there. All we need now is just to tweak a few things, and that might be Oli improving, whether he can now. I know Conor was saying earlier about the respect that Mourinho lost. I also think we're at a stage now where Oli's maybe losing that respect too. Just a few things, um, whispers, and just his confidence Rashford as well. Rashford camp is not happy, which is yeah. not good. Yeah. Go. And I'll say this. I've got to head off because I'm, I'm in the middle of working, technically. Oh, I'm right. taking a short lunch. Cheap but, uh, yes, it's still it's 11, it's noon yeah. here, so I'm still, you know. 
But the quick thing that I want to touch on, one is Ratchard's camp is not happy about that. He needs to focus on maybe a little bit more on football comment. I think that could be a little bit out of context. I kind of see where all he's coming from. But at the same time, maybe not the best thing to say to your guy who's coming back fresh. From and, the time as well. and the timing with us being in really bad shape right now. And I'll also say this. The table has just come out comparing our start to the Man City start. Man City did what? They, they won the league last year, didn't they? That's right. The worst start last year than we have this year. Mm. How weird is how weird is that? The word panic mode, freak out mode, Ole needs to be fired. The league is gone. We had a worse, we had a better start than the champions of the league last year. Connor, Connor, we've watched, I'm sure you've watched every single game. Oh, yeah. I'm, course, yeah. Personally, I'm not entirely happy with, we're sort of forcing things too much. Of course, I'm not seeing no. anything like uh, promising where I'm going to be over the moon about how we're playing. Well, we need something to feel I'm just back saying on. there's still, there's still things time. aren't going well, you know? Yeah, I'm just saying there's still, because you saw the collapse that was the first half of the season for City versus their second half. I'm just saying we should not be in full, my last thing I'll say on that I got head off, we are not, in a state where we should be in full panic mode, where every time we lose, it's soon. Hopefully, this manager is in soon. Get the fuck out the club. If you're going, if you're going after every defeat and going soon, Zidane, soon, the, get the fuck out. Yeah, go support. Go support Newcastle. I know why. Why they say Yank talking smack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell us how we can, how people can find you because you, you're not just a Man United fan. You you love. Uh, Football, not soccer. You yeah. love football as well. How can people find you and, and, and your channels? Yeah, I mean, so on Twitter, I'm on your gang talking smack, just as you see below. Um, my channel itself, my personal channel, Yang Talking Smack, I've not been uploaded in forever. I've just been slammed with work. And I also have joined this beautiful group of gentlemen on the Blue Podcast. Uh, I'm one of the many different guys and one of the many different talking heads on that channel. Uh, I run. I help run a show where we talk about the NFL and the NBA. Of course, the NFL just came to London this last week, and my favorite team played in London yesterday. Um, we do, you know, soccer, of course. We're going to be getting in. We have a show every single day that's different. We don't have the same effect show every day. It's a different show on different things. And we have four or five new shows going to be coming out in the next two months that are going to be on. Uh, we have F1 that's already come out. We have rugby that's going to be coming out soon that I'm going to be running. Golf, ice hockey, trading cards, uh, comic books. We have a big amount of different shows coming out in the next couple months. Uh, just that. a lot of us working really hard behind the scenes. So go check out the Blue Podcast. It's been a blast to be with them. Thank you guys for having me on. No, thanks for popping Thank on. Thank you, Connor. Connor, all the best. Take care, mate, over there, the over the pond. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Thanks to, uh, to, 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 to Yank for coming on. Um, um, I've got to ask you this. Welcome back, Brad, by the way. It was a... A toilet break and a half. Welcome back. <laughs> um, um, Ollie's has no managerial pedigree. Is that fair? We, we touched on it earlier with what he'd managed with Mould. Uh, but the what thing that I really want to ask you, Mondi, here, it, if Moyes had been given the same time as Ollie currently has, you'd have been back fighting for titles. Dan, hello from Turf Morehouse. Hello, Mrs. Riley. How are you? What do you, what do you think of that? Uh, that uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really impressed with David Moyes. I mean, when he left Man United after how well, nine months was it? He wasn't really given a fair shot at it, was he? Especially after being endorsed by Alex Ferguson. But what he did, he went to Europe. He went to Real Sociedad. He's gone away and learned his trade. Now he's come back and he's showing that a side like West Ham 
I'm really surprised what he's doing there. Um, he's fantastic. One of the top sides now. And utilise everything. They're, they're doing well in Europe as well, in the Europa League. And they're top sides. Really difficult to beat. And he's brought in some really good signings from the Czech Republic and um, some other good players as well. And not just that, he's obviously coaching players because a lot of players have upped their performance since they, they, they've arrived. Um, I'm speaking of Antonio, uh, Rice, um, um, who's the centre-back uh, that used to play for Juve, the black guy. I forget his name now. I but he's, he's playing well. Uh, yeah, really. What's oh, 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 oh something? Uh, is it is it El Bonner? El Bonner, yeah. I think people he just goes unnoticed, but these they're playing well as a unit, and he's a top coach. So I do think um, there's a stigma with some British managers. Everyone looks abroad to say bringing good managers and all that kind of thing. But when you're talking, maybe not English, not so much, but British, you're talking British, there are some top coaches there that don't get the opportunity at top clubs. Even your own Brendan Rodgers, for example, he's, to me, I admire him. I think he's top, he's done his, he started at coaching youth level, he's gone all the way up and proven to be a, one of the, a, the, the match of any European coach, I believe, you know? And obviously mm. what happened at Liverpool, needed won the title. They had a fantastic side. They played top football. And they were just, just off the case with, with it. So, And he's gone to Celtic, obviously. So I think someone like Brendan Rodgers or all the other guys have not really got the experience yet. And David Moyes. These guys are up there as proven. Uh, they're current. You can't say they're old or dated. And they've got their own style. And their players have improved under them. So I, I do think there are a lot of credit to some British managers, like in the past when we had Brian Clough and all these other, and we had the spell between the late 70s and 80s when English clubs were winning the Champions League and everything else. It was all British players, all British managers. So I think we start need to start endorsing British managers again, because I think they're getting a, a bad raw deal, really, as in reputation. It's like they're kind of tainted. Even with the national side, you know, up until Southgate, they were thinking about... Ericsson and Capello, all these guys thinking that they, they would make it better. Well, I'm going to uh, touch on Brad's favourite topic in a minute, which is stats. But tomorrow is Tuesday, and this is happening tomorrow. Yes, it is. Oh, and I'm, I've scared him on the off. Uh, from tomorrow, don't forget, every Tuesday, uh, Lesser Till I Die will be featured on the BBC homepage on uh, on the website. So go to bbc.com or BBC Football forward slash Leicester and you'll find my comments on just something that's happened over the last week. And you know what I love? I did get a dig about Man United because they don't want match, you know, match reports or anything. But the lady that I'm dealing with at the BBC happens to be a Man United fan. Oh, what a shame. Um, but, Brad, I'm going to ask you this. And Amondi can sort of add his comments afterwards. We committed five fouls during that 90 minutes. Man United committed 17. I mean, is that a sign of how bad things are that, you know, we saw players being pulled down where past Man United teams would have tackled them? I think it just shows the difference in maybe the mentality in the dressing room of each club. Both, both teams came into this on paper 
miles apart in terms of league positions. Leicester were 13th, Manu were 4th. And, and even after this result, I think Manu were 5th and Leicester only moved up to 11th. But there's only a three-point gap. You know, if you looked at it that way, there was only ever going to be one winner. But what I did notice, when you see a game like this, when there's a lot of tackles going in from one side and another side sort of playing the clean the game, they're, they're, they're doing it, at the, they're almost tackling at the right moments 90% of the time, which is what our Leicester obviously did, only conceding five fouls. I know some people might say, oh, the ref was a bit crap. No, he wasn't the worst ref we've seen this season. Uh, in fact, he gets a lot of props for allowing play to continue for that tackle by Juan Pazaka. I, I think if that was rolled reverse Monday, you'd you'd be wanting to see the same in that situation, wouldn't you? If that, if that was, you know, Castagne going in hard on, say, Rashford, but the ball fell to Greenwood or whatever, and and, and you got a goal from it, you'd be happy to see the advantage getting played. But I think what it was is it shows that Leicester were in a mentality where results weren't going their way, and obviously there were still defensive frailties. I mean, the second goal that United scored, you, if you wanted to be really critical of performance, we should have been a lot more switched on to a simple ball hit 60, 70 yards over the top, getting to one of the best players that England's uh, um, in, in the league in terms of up-and-coming players. I'm not going to say he's a top, top player. He's definitely going now. I know he's had his injury problems, but he's definitely shows he's got the capabilities and the abilities to get in behind defences. Um, but I think what it was is the pressure that's on Manchester United to perform and maybe the individual egos, that when it goes wrong for Manchester United, you see a performance and a reaction like you do. They got frustrated. The fans got under their skin. The Maguire chance, the the chance that lots of fans are very football creatively came up with, probably just telling them they're shit and they know they are. But it got under the skin. Vardy's in the rear. Players like that use their experience got under the skin and instead of coming together as a unit to try and win the game they tried to win it on a solo I'm going to grab the headlines I'm going to do this um whereas Leicester have been frustrated the result they but they understood it and were always you always felt those and still feel there's a togetherness mentality that we're going to get us out of this it wasn't that yeah. oh, I'm going to get Leicester out of this I'm going to do this for Leicester I'm going to make sure Leicester win this game it is we need to improve we need to play better we need to be calmer and smarter on and off the ball we need to show the fans what we're capable of and i think that is the biggest difference like i said the key word that was flowing around all around manchester and wherever else manchester fans may hide i mean b um is the word i or individual and I think that was the biggest contrast. And that's why you got so many fouls from Manchester United because they weren't thinking of the game. They were like, if I get this ball, I could start a counter-attack. I could do this. Instead of going, instead of thinking, but if I do that, I'm leaving McTominay exposed. I'm giving the man a marking space. Yeah. There was too many, I want selfishness. Yeah. is the word yeah. I'm looking for. And I think but that was Following on from that, you know, it's often we say you've got a team of individuals, basically, you know, backing up what Brad was saying there. Um, Ronaldo, and it was touched on before, you know, is is he going to sort of, did Ollie want him? I mean, was it a case that you guys got him in 
from the glaziers, basically for the glaziers to get the fans back on side after the ESL and to stop Man City getting in because he looked absolutely peed off on Saturday and was walking off the pitch without even thanking the away fans till Ollie made him turn around. Yeah, yeah, that's a good observation. Again, this is what we see. I think he's a winner. He shows his uh, frustration on the pitch. And this is what's good. People are going to be called out. It's going to get to the point where he's going to be saying something, not covering his mouth. And you might have to lip read, what the hell are you doing? Or that was terrible or something like that. He doesn't, he's not hiding away. I think it was, Oli was correct, or Manchester United were correct by Man, um, Ronaldo. He's, when you, but the thing is, it's not the Ronaldo of old. I think in the six-yard box, he can, he's dangerous. He's a great finisher. He can finish with his head. He can finish anywhere in the six-yard box. We've seen that already this season. And this is where we need to exploit him. So we can't expect him to be doing all the pressing, for example. So we have to adapt to get the best out of our players and the best out of our team. So if we are going to be playing Ronaldo, we need to sort of have a system in place, whether it's Bruno supporting him with the press or someone else coming in. The manager, it always comes down to manager. He has to um, think deeply about how he wants to get the best out of the team using the best, using his players. Ronaldo, should he be starting? Yes, I think he should be starting. But he needs to be playing for a team that are going to exploit, uh, uh, use his advantages, uh, which are finishing around the six-yard box, creating space for himself, a bit like Vardy, and feeding him. Feed, feed, feed him, spoon-feed him, and he will score for us. If you expect him to do all the running, running into channels, all that kind of thing, we might not get that out of him this stage of his career. But otherwise, he's still a great player. He's still got the numbers at Juve last season, top goal scorer in the league. You know, so this is still, it's just because he turned one year older doesn't mean he, he, he can't no. perform at that level anymore. You don't decline like that. So we've got to learn how to exploit him to get the best out of him. We spoke to Maisie on the preview show on Friday night, and she was saying that she one of her biggest regrets is the fact that you let Evans go. I mean, I know Maguire was not at full fitness. You could argue Evans wasn't at full fitness. It was his first game back, and you didn't know how long you know he would last that game. Um, looking at that, you'd be hard-pressed to say who the £80 million player was on Saturday. Uh, Evan, Evans has proven to be a good player. I mean, we have to be fair now. Um, but I do think at the time, I was quite ha not happy, but I thought, yeah, maybe we could let him go. I wasn't like protesting or anything about it. Um, but he's still a top-level international and Premiership player has proven that what he's what he's doing at Leicester. He can. This is what I'm saying about a good player. He stroll through games. It's like people. I'm comparing it to Matic, but or, or look who's your guy, the Nigerian guy in midfield, for example. Indeedy, indeedy. Everyone raves about him. Okay, the reason I rate him so highly is not because of his physicals. It's his brain. Same with Evans. He hasn't got the. He can't do him. Where do you see Evans sprinting? You know, so when you see Indeedy sprinting, Indeedy's a great player because he positions himself. You never see him out of position. He's always there to time the tackle, doesn't go to ground so much and everything else. And um, so that's why I, I rate a good player. That's what I'm saying about Matic. People say, oh, Matic can't play three games in a week. If we play him correctly, when do you see Rod uh, compared to Rodri, for example, at Man City? Rodri's strolling around the park because he's working in a system where he doesn't have to go and sprint. The, the, the whole team's on, on the same page. And the same with Evans. He can fit in there and get his, for, for Tana, whoever it is, or the Turk with him, they can organise and organise the defence. I play centre-back. I'm can. i 45 years old. I'm playing with kids. Not say kids, but semi-pro kids. Yeah. I stroll through games just from my experience. I'm not trying to boost myself up. It's the truth. 
I'm yeah. a better player now than I've ever been based on my experience. So Johnny Evans and centre backs, that's what position doesn't you don't have to be a hundred hundred meter sprinter. You don't have to run at hundred miles an hour. If you watch these guys, I'm sure you go and watch him at less than every girls. He will stroll through a game, but what we're getting by is his talking, organisation, and having his unit around him. So he's never going to get caught out that badly. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and there's that, a yeah. lot of what Leicester fans basically say is we are a better team with Evans in there. Um, yeah. I want to ask you one last question, Amanda, then I'm going to let you go because then me and Brad um, can sort of... I've got a show, yeah. I've got a show. I'll <laughs> give, yeah. give you a break. I mean, Ollie out, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous to say Ollie out this soon. And... Uh, you know, I think anybody that sacks the manager this early, Watford this season, West Brom last season, are stupid. Um, Newcastle, maybe that's a different case, but he's got to win something for you this season, hasn't he? He really, really has. If he doesn't, he's not going to be there next season if he doesn't win anything. Well, it's big club expectations. He's been there a couple of years now. You can look at his side and say this is his side now. So there's no, um, there's no uh, argument. We're at big clubs. This is big club business. It's what we're dealing with, uh, having to win, having to win. So I think it's really important that um, Ollie knows this, the fans know this, and I think give him to the end of the season. Even as much as we're frustrated now, we've got to support the club. And rather than um, what what good will it do to put someone under pressure, make them feel great, give them abuse, all that kind of thing? It's not going to encourage anybody. Give someone confidence. When they're down, lift them up and try to encourage them. So when we're speaking about these things, it's major news at the moment, but no one's talking about Leicester, how good they are. Let's focus on that, for example. But any Man United fans out there, I'm, I'm pleading with you, try to think of tactical ways where we're going wrong. Try to look at the psychological side of things. Try to lift people up because that's that, that's how we improve. You give players a load of confidence if you just boost them up. I'm sure a lot of players, I'm telling you now, a lot of players would be watching this show. I know a lot of lesser players would watch your show, Chris. They might not admit it, but they would watch your show and just to see the feedback. What's the feedback? I didn't mention my name. You know, we've all like, we're human beings. We all, we're beautiful human beings, as Brendan would say. We all, we all have egos and things like that. So I guarantee you've got a lot of Leicester players that, did you, in the training, did you watch Chris yesterday? Did you see what he said about me? You know, that kind of thing. And the same applies with Man United as well. We just need to give, lift them up. Don't spread this. Uh, it's like, I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm just going to give you this analogy, what I keep saying. It's like, when there's dis-ease at the club, it causes disease. You know what I'm saying? It's just using the English language. Disease causes disease. So if we continue like this, it will just be infectious. It will spread throughout the whole club, like throughout the whole body, and we will break down, and, and it, it doesn't help anybody. So start, guys, start um, improving our immune system by just speaking the good words and saying it can be a bit more encouraging. We've got Atlanta, Atlanta tomorrow or Wednesday. Let's go in there and try and be a bit more encouraging because really, truly, we might have a good win. Then we've got to play. We're going. We're going traveling up to Manchester to, to on Sunday to for the Liverpool game. You know, I'm not going to be going up there. Um, you know, moody. If I'm going there, come on, let's do this. You know, so get behind the players as you guys do. It was a fantastic atmosphere at um, Filbert Street. Not it's not Filbert Street, is it? No, King Bauer. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! Show my sorry. Give me, give me. Brad and Brad's two thousand twenty-one <laughs> years old. <laughs> <laughs> but do you see the atmosphere there? You can see the fans that were on it. The, the community is really good. Yeah. So Leicester, a great club. You've got to keep endorsing them, keep supporting them. And um, we. But the thing is, like you said, finally, there's uh, key performance indicators for every club. And you won the FA Cup last season. That is above your key performance indicator. Maybe you'd want to get the top four, but that would be above your key performance indicator. Our key performance indicator would be getting far in the Champions League and 
maybe challenging for the title this year. This year. So if we do anything less than that, then you can raise question marks at the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. And Mondi, it's been great. You you were you were you were late you were later to go into the show than Harry Maguire going into a tackle. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to get it in. I had to get it in. Give, give, give your channels a shout out. How can people find you, Mondi? Um, first of all, Chris, I just want to say every time I've been on the show, I feel really good. Yeah. Um, you're welcoming. Your your show is fantastic. I always tune in when I can to Leicester till I die. You have top guests, everything else. So and your club is really doing really well. What a time to be on Chris's show and to, to be do, doing podcasts like this. You know, great club. Really endorse it for it's all when you're seeing things happening in Newcastle and everything else. I really endorse Leicester. This is why I really endorse Leicester because you're doing it your way and you're doing it uh, smartly as well. So big up Leicester. Uh, as for me, my name's Amondi Juma. You can find me at the Man United Gender. I'm going. We're starting the show at half past seven, half past eight today. We will be going into the issues that happened over the weekend, and we will be sort of trying to break them down. And without being controversial or being aggressive or anything like that, we're just trying to get the best out of our club and maximise what we've got and see what we can do. Because we know, as you know, some of the players at the club will be watching. Trust me, they do. So keep doing what you're doing, Chris. And God bless you, man. Thanks for having me on. I really do apologise for for being late and all the time. I forgive you. We we, we just got the piss out of you when you were here. Don't worry about (laughs) it. My ears were burning. That's what made me get on the stage. Brad, God bless you, man. Lovely to see you again, Brad. You've cut your hair, I've noticed. You've cut your hair, but it's still the same, Brad. Isn't that right? Still the same. Never change that. Never change me, mate. It's not not the issue of Samson. Mrs. Ain't Delilah, is is she? No, no. If she's out there, she can hunt me down. She can go away. She's not cut my hair again. (laughs) Good Monday. Lucky nerd rope league, guys. Okay. Cheers, cheers. Yeah. I'm on there. We'll, we'll, we'll put your link in the description after. So thank you very much. Good thank luck. You very much. See you later. Cheers, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Uh, thanks to Mondi there. I didn't realise his show was at half eight. It was cutting it a little bit fine, but then again, he was late, so it serves him right. <laughs> we went into Ollie time on this show, didn't he? It did. Hey, you like a quiz? We've got a new quiz possibly coming up here at Leicester till I die. Um, oh, Tell me more. Oh. I want to know if I can be involved first of all. And well, I'd, we're, we're having a pilot, so we're seeing how the pilot goes. Um, it's a new quiz coming real soon to Leicester Slide Eye TV. Um, I don't know if you've been watching Squid Game at all. It's I... like Squid Game. So don't worry, I... it's not like that at all. Can you beat Craig in the race to the finish line? Come and have a go if you think you're good enough. We've got a we've got a bit of a a, a, a pilot, like I say, to see whether it works because it's in the planning stage at the moment. So, like all good channels, we're going to have a have a pilot a, a pilot episode, see how it goes with Craig and Dan, and uh, we'll we'll it may or may, it may go on or it may just stick at one show. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. who knows? But hey, going back to the going back Saturday, you know, look, I mean, this these were the stats before the game. Thirty played in the Premier League, uh, all in all. And we'd only ever won three. One of those was a 5-3, of course. Um, they hadn't lost away from home for 20, um, 29 games. Uh, I think we've beaten them now for... Th- well, they haven't, they haven't beaten us for four games. I think we've had three wins, and the one before that was the draw. I mean, we we need to play like that every week, don't we? 
we certainly do. Um, too little. Uh, I have to talk about facts, right? I'm going to talk about facts here, as your <laughs> famous you man would say. I've not got, I've not got Benitez handy. I'm sorry. You well, see, do... I knew that's why I improvised for you, mate. Yeah. I can give you this one. Correct. I can give you this Kitty! one. If you want. Kitty! <laughs> 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 Always makes me smile. <laughs> um, but yes, back back to the facts. I talk about the facts. Yeah, the facts was that the puddle, the, the final nail in Manchester United's coffin to end their 29-game winning streak, or undefeated streak, should I say, away from home, was put in by Leicester's very own 29, Pats and Decker. That's facts number one. Facts Impressive. number two. Facts number two. That That is the first time, and you can tell by the limited amount of wins Leicester have got during this fixture, that Leicester have performed back-to-back victories over Manchester United since 1901. And even back then, we weren't even known as Leicester City. It was when we were still originated under the name Leicester Fox. And I you know didn't what, know that. Back and in time, with those, some people might call them stats. I know, right? They're the stats <laughs> I like. Because I get you, you call them facts. I might call them stats. <laughs> um, it, it, I mean, I, what's got me, and this really annoyed me, and I, I must admit, I was on Richie's show last night, uh, and <laughs> it was very enjoyable. There was me and about half a dozen Man United fans. What can I say? You know, come on, bring it on. <laughs> but uh, one, one guy was really, he was being a typical Man United fan, let's just say that. Uh, and he apologised afterwards, but he said, you know, we this was a Man United fan, so we haven't really played anybody big this season, but we've now got Man City, Liverpool, and, and I went, hang on, you've just played somebody big. You know, you played a team that's finished fifth for the last two seasons running. Mm. You've played a team that won the FA Cup last year. I think you could say at the moment, maybe not historically, but at the moment, we are a big club. And well, in the last seven years, we've won more than them. Well, Exactly, exactly. And this is, I think, what gets me with the bigger clubs is it's their attitudes like that, you know, like, like you know, we should be winning because, you know, we, we've got the history. It's self-entitlement. Yeah, history, history doesn't win you trophies, I'm afraid. Um, like I say, and, and, and Liverpool were a lot... <laughs> this upset a few people because I said before Alex Ferguson went to United, Liverpool were a bigger club. And uh, that that went down like um, bacon at a Jewish wedding. You know, it it was uh, totally. Um, you know, they they didn't like me saying that at all. Oh, we've got more fans abroad. We've got more foreign fans. Wow. You know what I mean? That, I'm not bothered about yeah, but, fans abroad. Yeah. But that's all because of their sponsorships and all the endorsements they get. That's got nothing to do with that. With with other countries because. There is some. There's a lot of countries out there who are in dire financial states of a country. They're not very well known about the sport of football in terms of they never really get to see it played. It, there are po- and I mean this with the greatest respect. I'm not not disrespecting them as a country. I'm just saying the general state of their countries are like in in Africa and in Asia and places like that where they're not very well off. They're in a poverty state. You know, we think we have it bad in Britain. 
rather have it how we have it than, than some mm. countries do to them. But if it wasn't for these companies endorsing Manchester United and having investments in United, and then then taking their and then Man U either through contract allowances to allow them to stream them games over there, nobody would know in them countries who the bloody hell Manchester United were. You know, realistically, until our owners, as great as they are, took over our club, anyone apart from our actual owners, you know, if you if you ever saw the Sun's interview, actually said the first game he got to see was Leicester Middlesbrough in that Coco Cup final, yeah. and he was hooked on us then. Um, you know, and um, that that just shows you how rare of a game it was. It's not like he was quoting something from Leicester beating Derby in yeah. the Championship. It was that was one of his rare memories of, of seeing football played. If you don't have them in Dawson, you don't have that big yeah. far away fan base, and yeah. fan base don't win your points. No, and be calm there. You know, welcome from Canada. I wasn't decrying fans from other countries. I I love no, the no. fact. I love the fact that. As a club, when we won the Premier League, we suddenly... I mean, you've got a lot of expats, obviously, going abroad. But, you've, you know, you, you, you do attract winning trophies. You do attract fans from other companies, you know, yeah. other countries. Let's be honest and with you, with Mahrez, we had, you know, probably, you know, a quarter, just under a quarter of the, the members of Leicester Till I Die were from Algeria. Now, I tend to say at least, sorry, six out of ten applicants to join Leicester Till I Die, the Facebook group, are from Zambia because of Pat Sandaka. Yeah. So it is going to have that effect. And we welcome you. But what I'm saying is it's hard to use that as a as a judgment for and it will never see we'll never sort this argument out as to how do you decide no. who's the bigger club at all, you know. Um and Terry says here, uh, I know is a big bad for you. I know one of the 25 fans traveling to Moscow. So there. Well, let's go. All I can say is 25 going. I counted them all out. Let's hope we can count them all back in again and we can get 25 back. You never know with Russia. Um, Phil McNulty, BBC Sport, Brad. This was Leicester City back to the best. Yeah. He's right. It really was. It really was. It was. It was something that we've discussed on a few post matches, and something that, and if and, and and for those of you still watching that may not have caught all of the post match show, there is a segment that we're gonna that we do on there now, Chris, don't we? Where I maybe uh, I, I did it on my tactical segment. Um, I did it at the end of this game, and I did it for the Crystal Palace game. I've been I've been doing it for a few games. It's now a permanent segment in the in the post matches. But it's something that we discussed and I suggested that maybe that's where Leicester were going wrong in their build-up. And it was flashes of the Leicester we'd saw in in the Brendan Rodgers era that we'd seen where it was a mix of great, quick, flowing, attacking football. But it wasn't until the hard work was done in exposing the gaps and stretching the opposition we was like a, we was like a loaded spring trap. We just waited and waited, but instead of taking forever and a day to get to that position, as soon as we sniffed blood, they went right, got you, and we put and you know we did it, and it was it was a joy to watch. You know the fact that when Rashford equalised, Chris, if you said to me that was a 90th minute and blew, blew the whistle, we were still happy with the fact that mm. the performance was just so good to watch. 
that even if we'd have come out of that with just a point, you'd have felt just as confident going into into Thursday's game yeah. um, than you would. I don't have to hide my T-shirt yeah. now that says winners. <laughs> I, can, I can move and let that come out again now. I was going to have it right here next to me, but I thought that might be a bit cheeky. Um, I mean, what has annoyed me is, and I mentioned this at the top of the show, what's annoyed me is the fact that Man United were bad, according to the press. Leicester weren't good. And I think that's... Yes, but, you know, I don't think Man United are as bad as a, as a lot of their fans and a lot of people are saying, but different standards, I guess, and different expectations. But were they bad because we didn't let them be good? There's definitely a strong element for that. Unfortunately, if you're just someone scrolling through Facebook or you're scrolling on the BBC Sport app to check the scores, and you're not a Leicester fan, and maybe you're not a Man United fan. Maybe you're a, a rival supporter. Maybe you support Aston Villa or Wolves, or maybe you support Man City and Liverpool, vice versa. What sells a headlines more to you or makes you want to click on an article more? Leicester beat Manchester United, or Leicester tear woeful Manchester United apart. It's all about how they sell it, mate. You know that from sales, yeah. I know that from sales. It's how you sell it. At the end of the day, what reads better is Woeful Manu torn to shreds by Leicester in six-goal thriller than Leicester beat Manchester United. 13th beat fourth. It doesn't really... People go, oh, cool, Leicester won. But they go, oh, really hell, six goals and Leicester apparently destroyed them all. I want to read this. This is going to be funny. Yeah, that's why we do it, mate. That's why we click. That's why our brains respond to things. It's... Oh. I agree, but I just think we did. Yeah. you know, I don't think we got the praise we deserved no. for that no. performance. That that's what no. gets me, you know. And no. it's not just Man United. I'm not going to dig at Man yeah. United. If we did, you know, Man City. If we did Chelsea, it wouldn't be the fact that Leicester won the game. It would be the favoured six yeah. lost the game, and that that's what yeah. kind of. Because we're not, you know, we, we, we're a club that's up there now, like I say, with the last few, you know, seasons results. I just think, you know, yeah. will, will there ever be a time when people go, yeah, let's respect Leicester? No, you're right. Unfortunately, Chris, that will never change. For Again, for the reasons I just pointed out, it is easy to talk about the frailties of a bigger club or a bigger club, and there's, it's... It's more compelling, in their opinion, to discuss what's wrong with Leicester, uh, what's wrong with Manchester United, than what mm. was great about Leicester. What they yeah. kind of, what what the media think works with us, and it doesn't work with people like me and you, and honest people like a Monday and and talk and Yank talking smack that come on our shows and go on other people's shows that we like. Well, we're actually a bit sensible in the terms of we can see the good and bad in our team, and we're not afraid to speak it. Is the pundits, the pundits and the media, when they're typing a story or they're on the match of the days or the BT Sports after the game, is they think that fans won't notice it if they do this. Man, you were bad. Man, you were this. But let's not take anything away from Leicester because they were good. But man, you were bad and he was mm. bad. But let's remember Leicester were good. And that's what they do to make you think that they're not. But we all know they're all focusing on the big story. Because everybody would rather laugh. And let's face it, 
in, in, in the banter aside, we could be quite toxic when it comes to winning games when we get a bit smug because all we do is go out to watch people raging about their team losing, don't we? Arsenal fan TV for a big statement. We all love watching them when they lose because we know one of them is going to lose the yeah. SHIP. Yeah. Unfortunately, because of that mantra and that's the cycle that all globally, football fans, media, Facebook posts, websites, or however it's done these days, present it, that's how they'll always do it. We could have beat Manchester United 8-0. I bet you Villa got the same treatment when they beat Liverpool 7-2. No, I bet you Oh, Villa were great. They were good goals. But Liverpool were bad. Liverpool missed this player. Liverpool had this performer, and he was bad. But Villa scored. It's like, yeah. just to remind you, we do rem as if they're reminding themselves that another team yes. was involved in the yeah. game. And that's says there. Leicester is not the most, well, he said talented of clubs in the EPL, but we were most feared by the top six. That mm -hmm. is probably a very good point because we have yeah. the best record of teams outside the so called, let's call them the Sky Six. Let's give them the yeah, proper the sky, name. The yeah, the Sky Six. Yeah. We, um, it's like the English Super Cup. We're going to rename everything slowly. Um, outside the Sky Six, we probably have the best record against them than any other club in the league. Yeah, we are probably. We, no, I wouldn't even say probably. Uh, like our, like our famous have been saying about the likes of Vardy when people argue about him being world class. I'll fight a man, right? I'll fight a man that tells me that Leicester aren't the first name on everybody's lips when they think outside of Sky's Big Six, who's the biggest club. I know they'll say now financially, yes, it's Newcastle, but if you said to me right now, take the Big Six out of the Premier League like they tried to do, but failed miserably, in a mm -hmm. sense, and you went, right, who, who who would be top of the top top of the pops? You know, if we lived in a world where the, Europe, the Super League had happened, who would be top of the mm -hmm. pops? Who would be the main title winners? or the biggest title challenges, I think 95% of people would go, if I'm being honest, it's Leicester. They're more suited to it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But looking again quickly at the... Um, well, yeah, as Scott says here, they're really under the top four. Um, the rest of can be together. I mean, Arsenal and Tottenham are there, not even because they've won anything. It's just the teams that get the viewers for Sky... Yeah. around the world you know and that that's what we've got to, that's what it what it is basically you mm. know and we'll always have this argument what constitutes a bit and then i had this argument on the man united on rich's channel last night that you know the, the, this one man united fan was really having a go at me and he said like you've just called manchester city a, a, a big six club and they're not because they can't fill the stadium i'm like yeah but they're richer than you you know what is it you know There's more uh, than you, you yeah yeah yeah, yeah, but I mean, going back to the performance, and we we did we discussed this um, on the post match show, and, and the, the performance of the season ten for the manager, ten for the team. Alan, in fairness, did not want to choose a man of the match. He wanted to go for the whole team, as did uh, Brian, who, who writes the match report for me. But I couldn't fit eleven pictures on the circle in the middle of the day. You got to pick one, so he went for Inacho. Um, let's just enjoy the moment, you know. Everything clicked into place, and you know we've talked about the team. And to me, they they were they were harassing Man United. We were first to the ball. We were first to the second balls. The passes were, you know, 
where before we looked like we were playing on PlayStation, we'd press the pass instead of the shoot. You know, we'd got everything right. We were finding our own team players and what have you. But let's give some credit to Brendan. You know, he came out with that team. We said when we saw the team at the start that, you know, we were we were quite happy with this team. We thought it was a good team. He'd gone for three at the back. He'd brought a Marty in. Again, you know, a Marty who, you know, we've never always, always had a good word to say, was as solid as, as, as he could have been. Um, he got it spot on, even with his substitutions, which we often query. Yeah, he did. And it's it's, it's funny enough that you, you end up asking me to come on the show because Monday was running a bit late. Because beforehand, I was just watching the um, uh, LCSE TV's Extra Time. Um, from 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 the, from their channel, I was I was watching that, um, and Matt Elliott made a really really good point. You know, you're bringing up a Marty there because he said what what you felt is, is and he he was talking about a different thing, but I'll, I'll get to the basis of his point. And his point was that yes, a Marty probably knows he's not going to start every week. He's going to struggle to ever. Move, uh, Sionchu and Evans, and when he's on, when he's back from his injury for Farna out of that eleven, but he knows and the confidence that Leicester fans have started over the last seven or eight months when we've seen him play, Leicester fans as more than anybody, obviously, because obviously the players have confidence in him, but more we know there's been question marks over these Mendes and Amartes coming in, but what it was nice to hear. Is there wasn't that debate this time of what, where are they in Leicester? Are they out the door? Are they going to be good enough to stay around? Is he referred to him as a squad player? And I think it was quite. I think it's. I and mean, we've we've said this before about other players, you know, i.e. Um, having the likes of Samore coming in for Indeedy. You, you felt more secure knowing that if he's going to play three at the back, um. If a Marty comes in, it's not actually that bad a deal because he can actually defend. It turns out he can yeah. defend, and when he's given these run of games, whether it's through injuries or suspensions, he he does a job that kind of if you if, yes, of course, out of the three or four centre backs, maybe in recent weeks he's overtaken Vestergaard's in terms of comfortability, but he was probably the last one on on your brain as who you'd pick. Mm-hmm. But when you, you he's also one that you think, but if he did step in, we wouldn't mind it. And another thing touching on your point about giving credit to Brendan, is in seasons gone by, when we've seen three at the back, Chris, how often have we seen two up front? Mm. And because normally with this two at the system, you know, when we're here, we're playing a three, a three, five, two, we're, we're, we're almost either think, you know, when we're here, there's three at the back, or it's five at the back, or however it's being organised, we're thinking, right, so does that mean he's going to put Madison in? And he's going to, we're instantly thinking he's going to get Madison. But he found a way to get them all in. And that's something that, you know, we've heard in the background, He it's difficult to get them in. And maybe just at the right time, just like he kind of did when it was unfortunate the Barnes got injured, that it kind of, happen to stumble upon it that maybe through trial and error the pennies mm. re-dropped it's clicked again for Leicester in a new way because instead of 
changing too much how the style of play. Maybe Brendan's gone, right, I won't change the style. I'll get us back to this fast tempo, mm. um, happy to recycle and drag teams out again sort of thing, which is the way they went about the game. But he's found a shape that gives Madison and Tillemans that freedom because, as we talked about, we felt that they were too... When they played with a three-man midfield, it felt like they were getting in each other's way in a bit of a muddle. Now they're more separated... In des- almost in designated areas, like you sort that area, you sort that area, that, mm. that's your area. It just flowed better naturally. And I think that yeah. really has been the start of what they've obviously been working on and trying to find the solutions to. And I think they genuinely yeah. found it. Uh, and going forward, I'd like to see more of that formation going forward if yeah. that's how it's going to be operated. Scott says there, Brendan has a thankless task now. He has a stronger squad. He has to rotate players and systems. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work. It doesn't, but that's why he gets paid the big bucks. And that's what Pep's mm-hmm. been doing for years at many clubs. Yeah. Uh, what Klopp's been able to do. What Ollie can't seem to do. Uh, and last comment here from B. Crom. Uh, yeah, Ever- Evans gets a 10 for shutting down Ronaldo. It was in his pocket. Brad, thank yeah. you so much for jumping on at the last minute. You, you, no, you saved me there. Um, we didn't think we were going to get a United fan on, and then typically, like a bus, we got two. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, thanks very much for coming on. As always, always no, insightful, and you know what you're talking about, which is more than me. So, <laughs> thanks very much, and um, we may see you later in the week. You may possibly, you may possibly, you never know what's going to happen. You never know. I did send a message from uh, in in the group chat, so uh, I'll yeah. check on that. But um, thank you I will let I will let you know about that as soon as I can. Um, yeah. It might be on the day that I have to let you know. I just don't know the yeah. plans we've got here because we're having a few bits of work on here. So it and all it's depends. A very on odd time as well because don't forget it's a three yeah. thirty kickoff on Wednesday, folks. Yeah, because which is actually um, about five or. It might even be 6.30 in Russia. Yeah, and apparently, if anyone's saying, why is it that time kickoff? Because normally the, the away legs work at about around about 5 o'clock-ish, don't they, over there? Sometimes you might get a weird like quarter to 5 kickoff. Yeah. The reason for that being is, I believe, there's like a Russian derby. I couldn't name the teams. I don't follow the Russian league. But I think there's yeah. like a local derby and for police in it. Well, I think, that, yeah, I think that's as well. That's why we're on the Wednesday rather than yeah. the Thursday. I yeah, could say, guys, I could say, guys, get used to um, get used to these Wednesday kickoffs. We may have them next season. Who knows? Brad, thank you very much, young man. And uh, we'll possibly talk later in the week. But as always, you, you, you were very, very good tonight, and you dug me out. So thank you, sir. No worries. It's a pleasure always, mate. I'm enjoying Cheers, it. Cheers, everybody, for joining in. Hit the subscribe button. There you go. Indeed. Indeed. Cheers, buddy. Take care. Thanks to Brad there for, for popping in because at the start, on the opposition view, I didn't have an opposition fan. And we were saying, had they bottled it? And we ended up, I was messaging around saying, can you come on? Can you come on? And in the end, we ended up with two. Amonde, great guy. I mean, what I like, Amonde and, and Connor, they, they took they took the uh, they took the banter on the chin, and they literally um, 
We're very, we're very good and very honest. It's a busy week this week. It is. Um, do you want a, a, a sloppy seconds tomorrow? We're going to have seconds. We're going to start off seven o'clock. We're going to have this. Dean will be joining me at seven o'clock for the preview show. I set him some homework to, uh, to check up the information on uh, Spartak Moscow. He's done that. So well done, mate. Thank you very much for that. Um, and uh, that will be at seven o'clock. And then at nine o'clock, yeah, sloppy seconds, we'll have this. Indeed, and please, nobody tell Julian that I called him Sloppy Seconds. Uh, it's the X on the Pitch show. I love this show. I really do. Nine o'clock every Tuesday, uh, God willing, and uh, if Julian's available. Um, we get everything that we talk about, Leicester City, anything that's happened, or just generally the Premier League, England, whatever. But we see, get it from a player's perspective rather than just a fan's perspective. And it can be different. And tomorrow night, do you know what we're talking about? Brendan Rodgers coming out saying, guys, I don't want Newcastle. I'm happy here. Still got things to do. And of course, we can't not discuss it. So much to discuss about the match from a professional side. Leicester City 4, Manchester United 2. Tune in on YouTube. Uh, if you are on YouTube uh, and you haven't yet subscribed, please do subscribe. Hit that like button. You can also now join as well for a small monthly contribution. It helps support the channel, helps keep it going. And we can, um, you know, just, just helps us basically. If you're not on YouTube, get over onto YouTube, Lester Till I Die, and give us a subscribe. And if you want to listen back to us rather than watch us, and I don't blame you, um, we're on all the major podcast platforms. Just search Lester Till I Die, Amazon, Apple, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Podcast Addict. Got it right again. And if you've got one of them old smart speakers, just ask yours to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. And you have to say podcast, <laughs> otherwise uh, I say you get a load of funeral directors turning up at your door. Guys, thanks very much for joining in. Thanks to everybody that was on. Uh, thanks for Scott for modding as usual. Um, thanks to Amondi for coming on. Thanks to uh, Connor, Yank Talkies, Matt for coming on all the way from the good old US of A. But mo thanks to everybody that was in the chat. It obviously is the reason we do it. I will see you tomorrow at seven and I will see you tomorrow at nine. You don't forget. And of course, we've got this coming up very, very soon um, as a pilot show. So uh, let's see how we go. Guys, take care. I'll see you tomorrow night. Good night now. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms 
for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Till I die. Subscribe, like, follow, and join in now. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.